Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiya, Bab. Hello there. How are you? I'm alright. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Having a good week? Yeah, it's been a very, very busy week. Very, very significant week in many ways. Indeed, it is a very significant week. Well, yes, of course, because after 25 years, the Spice Girls re-released Wannabe, their debut hit single, and it's riding high in the charts again. Oh, so we have different things in mind, I suppose, then. Why, what were you referring to? Football. Oh, yeah, football. Remember, we did a whole episode on it, you learnt a lot and suddenly you became, I don't know, like a wag aficionado slash football fan. Well, yeah, you know. And now have you forgotten about it? No, I mean, it's really sad. It's really sad. Obviously, I wanted England to do, well, to win the Euros. And it's really sad that they didn't. But, you know, they did really well. Um, oh, they did amazing. I mean, I say they did really well, like I know anything about football, but obviously they got into the final, so they must have done something right. I mean, you just have to know anything about, like, whatever you want, batch entry, whatever. there's always, like, sort of a final, and the ones who get to the finals are the best, so you don't need to understand football to understand that concept. So in that case, when you're talking about pageantry and things like that, it went to penalties, obviously, with Italy. Yes. Is that basically the equivalent of lip sync for your life? Um, <laughs> well, technically, it would be like lip syncing for the crown. Okay, okay, all right, not for your life. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, maybe that. Maybe they should think about that for the World Cup next year, just to bring in a bit of lip syncing, drag queen realness. So they could lip sync to one of you that, as I just found out, was re-released. Yeah, I know. After twenty-five years, it makes me feel so old. Bab, I hate to break it to you. You are old. Oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. Anyway, thinking of the football, you basically won either way, didn't you? Well, yeah, to be fair, I, I kind of felt like I couldn't uh, I couldn't lose. So I'm Argentinian, and Argentina won Copa America. So, are you yay. Argentinian? Uh, I, I think we covered this before. Also, it's in our logo. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, thanks for sharing that with us. You learn something every day, don't you? Yeah, funny. Um, so I'm Argentinian, and we were playing the final of Copa America, and then Copa what? America. Okay. You know the continent. Copa is like like a cup. Yeah. Oh, okay. It so literally the... translates to cup. Cup of America. Yeah. American cup. Okay. Yeah. So did you win a cup, like a mug of tea? Yeah, it's a very very big cup. And do people drink out of it when they win? No, it's not tea. So what do you put in it? Nothing. It's a cup. It's a trophy. But why don't they call it a trophy then? Because what... What's the point in calling something a cup and then you don't drink out of it? Because why would you call a tournament a trophy? Because it's a trophy that you put in a cabinet and you polish, you know, every couple of months yeah, so it but, doesn't get dusty. But but what tournament, contest, whatever, you know, has the, the word trophy in its name? Um, trophy wife? <laughs> <laughs> And those do drink from cups, don't they? They do. Just not tea, maybe. And crystal glasses. And crystal glasses. No, so um, 
we played the final of Copa America and we won the final of Copa America. But also, I was heavily invested in the Euros final. And the reason for that is because I have dual nationality. So I'm oh, Argentinian. we go. And I am Italian, but also I've lived in England for seven years now. So I have a very deep connection to uh, England as well. So realistically, I had three teams in two finals. One of the teams that I supported was going to win. It was a mathematical reality that I would be celebrating somehow. So actually, the fact that the two countries that I am a national citizen of have won, is motive for celebration. There's a little part of me that is quite sad that England didn't win, but at the same time, I won. Mm, yes. But it reminds me actually of something I read in the newspaper yesterday, thinking about the final, because obviously it was England versus Italy. What's the most iconic food from England? Fish and chips. Correct. What's the most iconic food from Italy? Pasta. Number two. Pizza. Yeah. Domino's in Japan have done a fish and chip pizza. A fish and chip pizza? Is it in honour of the Euros final? Or I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's just cost Japan. I think it's just, <laughs> they have it. So basically we need to go to Japan now. Again? Again. Uh, I left it. So I would go back in a second. The other thing that happened this week was we went to prom. Indeed. I think technically it was my first prom. We had a leavers ball at sixth form college before we all went off to university. But we didn't have like a prom, you know, like an, an American style prom. The girls didn't wear the big flowery dresses, like the kind flowery of... dresses. What part of the US are you watching proms from? Who wears flowery dresses? I, to be fair, I, I, my prom knowledge kind of comes from like toddlers and tiaras, which is technically pageantry. Yeah, I can't believe that. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. And, and Romy and Michelle's high school, well, it's high school reunion, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway, they wear these big puffy dresses, don't they? Indeed. So, uh, do you want to explain to our listeners why we went to prom? Well, we actually went to a prom on our street. We literally opened our front door and we were at the prom. The family who live over the road from us, one of the daughters um, is going to college next year. So, she's finishing secondary school and they were having a prom. It was going to be outdoors, I think, anyway. But Mm -hmm. because of everything that's going on with COVID... They cancelled it. Quite late notice, I think, wasn't it? That's the thing. They cancelled it like a week and a half or a couple of weeks before. No more than that. It, it's awful. You can imagine. Everyone has bought everything they needed for their prom just a week in advance. No one goes two days before to buy a dress or to buy a suit, do they? And those prom dresses aren't cheap. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, they dresses. are. Top dollar, Bab. Top dollar? Are you back in the US? <laughs> They're quite pricey. I mean... I'm, I know that I have two nationalities. Do you as well? And I'm and well. I'm I am never... a quarter Italian, actually. Well, yeah, you are a quarter Italian. Does that mean I should be able to get an Italian passport? Um, I don't know how it works because it depends on um, it depends on, it depends on whether it's via your mum or via your dad, and rules change every um, every time. But it might mean that you can. Hmm. Something to explore. Should look into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, just because of the heritage value, my grandma's grandfather was the head violinist at La Scala at Milan, Milan, and he married the head ballerina. And then they moved to Bradford in in England. Yeah, of all places, why Bradford? Well, Bradford at the time had the Alhambra, which was one of the places to go for the theatrics in the, in the UK. And he you know, was obviously head of the orchestra there. 
Wow. But again, have you noticed today how much we are digressing? We sort of start in a topic and then we go to 17 others. Isn't that just natural conversation? I mean, with people who are dispersed, yeah. Let's go back to a neighbour's daughter, her prom got cancelled. So She they, wanted to wear a dress, didn't she? She wanted to wear her, wear her dress. And their parents have the brilliant idea of, well, shall we do sort of like a prom here on the street? And um, to be honest, we live in the best street ever. And everyone rallies up to support everyone else. So we all dressed up and we all did prom. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It was absolutely fantastic. She came with her friend... Um, and they looked absolutely stunning. The dad put out a red carpet in front of their house. So we had like a proper red carpet that we could walk down and have all the photos done. Um, it was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Um, it was really, really good. And we can only hope that she had a fabulous time, albeit with a, a lot of grown-ups instead of all of her friends. But hey, <laughs> it's prom. <laughs> <laughs> We had a bit of a problem a few weeks ago, didn't we? We did indeed. We ran out of American chip spice. And you cannot live without without your chip spice. No, I cannot live without chip spice. Now, for people who don't know, they're probably thinking, what is American chip spice? Well, essentially, it's nothing to do with America. It's made in Hull, which is um, a city in the northeast of England, not far from where I grew up in York. York is obviously my hometown, but most of my family are from Hull, and it has the most special place in my heart. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful city. With chip spice. With chip spice. <laughs> so during the pandemic, we ran out of chip spice. Normally our dealer, Auntie Doreen. Auntie D. <laughs> she provides us with chip spice where, as and when we need it. But obviously because of the lockdown and we weren't able to travel, we didn't get to have our chip spice. So we put something out on social media and we received the most wonderful message from Pride in Hull particularly from Heidi Victoria uh, from Pride in Hull, who reached out to us and said, don't worry, guys, I'll come to your rescue. I will send you some American chip spice. Absolute saviour. Probably should probably just say what American chip spice is. It's basically a salt and paprika blend with, I'm sure there's some secret spices in there that we'll never know about, but it's made in Hull. It's only really sold in Hull. So it was an absolute joy and a lifeline, quite frankly, when this was sent to us. And not only did we get some chip spice, we also got some really cool Pride in Hull goodies. We're both wearing our Pride in Hull bands. Yeah, I'm wearing mine. We'll put those on social later. Um, and some bunting. So we're feeling really pridey uh, in the house right now. So with that in mind, um, I just wanted to reach out and invite um, Heidi Victoria onto the show just to talk a little bit more about the organisation and about the wonderful city that is Hull. And because I haven't been to Hull ever, I need to be a, li- a little bit inducted into the life of Hull and pride in Hull. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome along Heidi Victoria Island, who is the Vice Chair of Pride in Hull. Thank you so much for coming along today. 
Hi there, boys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show and speak to you all. And as well, I have to say once again, thank you so much for your pride package. It was a joy. When the postman dropped it off, I couldn't wait. Mayhem was upstairs working and I just opened it anyway. And then I just paraded around the house with all our pride and hull goodies. And I had to make chips that same night so he could use it. Well, when I heard that you'd run out of chips, but that is sacrilegious to anyone from Hull. And I just think it's nice to reach out and and kind of support members of our own community. So it seemed only right that we had to send you some chips by server and saviour. Well, thank you so much for that. And we are spreading the love in Warwickshire and in fact around the country I've got a friend in London who I introduced him to Chip Spice and apparently it's amazing on popcorn who knew I've never heard that but I'm going to be trying that later now because that does sound absolutely delicious it sounds like it would go really really well with popcorn why haven't we tried it Ben oh we'll try it later Okay. The other thing about Hull as well, and I know we were talking about our shared love of cuisine from Hull when we were setting this interview up, is the beautiful Hull patty. Yeah, the patty is a staple of the Hull, the Yorkshire diet, and patties are incredible. If anyone listening has not had a patty from Hull, you need to get yourself here. You need to try an authentic Hull patty because they are amazing. So what is a Hull patty? I can't believe you've never had a patty. I think we need to change that. You need to visit. A patty is kind of... Deep fried mashed potato, sage, kind of spiced concoction that we eat in Hull. You don't really get them anywhere else in the region, but a Hull patty is incredible. I mean, it sounds amazing. Deep fried potato, sage, what else can you want? Yeah, and you serve it with more chips on the side. It's double potato, so you can't really go wrong if you're a carb lover. Oh, definitely. And the thing is, I'm a person who loves potatoes in every single way that they can come. So a combination of potatoes and a patty with chips, it sounds amazing. So are we putting then chip spice only on the chips or on the patty as well? I mean, that's a personal choice. You've got to have salt and vinegar, obviously. You've got to have chip spice on your chips. But I do like a little sprinkle on my patty and my fish as well. Oh, on the fish. Oh, yeah. I like to mix it up and just have a little bit on the top of my fish as well. Well, you've heard it here first, chip spice on the fish. I've never done that before. I always kind of leave it. I've probably got a little buffer zone where I don't put the chip spice on the fish, but I'm going to give it a go. If you, a person from Hull, is telling me that that's acceptable, I'm going to dive in next time. I think it's more than acceptable. I think most people from Hull, certainly my experience, we've usually got a little bit of chip spice in our handbag just for emergency situations such as that. (laughs) That sounds amazing. (laughs) I've got my keys, I've got my phone, I've got my American chip spice. Yeah, and that's what you've got to do, you know, priorities. You need your chip spice alongside your phone, your your keys and everything else. (laughs) So, um, hi Victoria, let's talk a little bit about Pride in Hull. Tell us a little bit about um, the organisation and what you guys do, because you do some amazing work. We certainly try our best. So, we are Pride in Hull. We are the biggest, or at least one of the top two biggest free Pride events in the country. So normally, obviously, we have a huge Pride event, we have a parade, we do a massive kind of music festival once a year. I think last year that we had an in-person event, we had 67,000 people, so it's pretty big. It is quite a big event. Wow, yeah. Outside of that, we try and be really supportive of the community. We try and signpost people, offer community support, just help people stay connected and kind of celebrate being LGBTQ+, be an ally educate people and just anything that people need we'll try our best to support and during the pandemic have you found that that part of the job has become that you have more work to do with the communities i think yes i think what we've really noticed obviously 
for the past kind of year and a half, two years, we've not been able to meet as a, as a group of people. We've been working online. We've got digital events that are coming up in the end of July. So that's going to be really exciting. And the theme of our upcoming digital event is unmuted. Because what we're hearing from our communities is people are really isolated. They feel like they can't connect with each other. Everything's gone online and it's been quite hard for people to reach out, find that support if they're not able to kind of access something online. So that's kind of what we're aiming to do this year is look at being unmuted, connecting even if we can't be together physically and just have a voice and be part of the community, even if that's going to be digital. Tell us a little bit more about the event in July. So when is it in in July and how can people join it? So it's going to be the 31st of July, so not too far away, which is exciting. And it's going to be an online showcase. We've got some amazing artists. We've got local artists, national, international artists. And people can just join online, you know, via our social media, come and join us, and it's completely free. We do try and always have a free pride because we think it's important that everyone can get involved and just be part of that and have a really good day, whether that's at home or in person with us. And presumably anyone can join that. You don't have to be from Hull. No, absolutely anyone. We get people coming to Pride in Hull from all over the country, sometimes from different countries. We've got a real message of everybody's welcome. It doesn't matter if you're young, old, we really don't care. Everyone is welcome to come as long as they're there to be supportive and celebrate with us. We're really accessible. We try really hard to be as accessible as we can be. And we try and be really family friendly as well. You know, we we try and always have something for children, for families, so everyone can come and find something for them on the day. We love having people from all over the world come in, having a party, celebrating Hull, Yorkshire and just our community. So... It's great to have people from all over the world come in, especially when it's so exciting to just kind of share our culture and and share our pride in our city. And I think that's kind of very much an ethos of the city itself, because it's a very welcoming place to visit. Let's be honest, Hull, certainly when I was growing up, never really had a wonderful reputation. But I think anybody who'd been to Hull, who'd actually been there and met the people and seen all the incredible heritage sites that are there, actually realised that it was a real gem of a place. But I think for Hull, it was being UK city of culture that really kind of put it firmly back on the map again. And now you hear a lot of people now, as you go about your daily life, just raving about Hull and saying how amazing it is. And I think it was a real turning point for a lot of people, wasn't it? I think you're absolutely right. I think Hull's one of those places, you know, a lot of people don't come here unless they've got a purpose coming here. We're a little bit end of the line. We're right kind of on the water's edge, if you will. But I think What's really nice about Hull is the people. I think it's the friendliest place that I've ever been to and I've travelled quite a lot across the world. I think there's something really special. And I think you're right. I think City of Culture and being UK Pride, the first ever UK Pride, it just put us on the map and it, it was saying that we're not that rubbish town that's been voted in the tabloids has been terrible. We're a really good, friendly city where everyone is really welcome. I love Hull. I think it's absolutely great. I think you won't find anywhere in the country that people are so accepting and accommodating and and willing to kind of build relationships and help people out. And does that reflect in the acceptance of LGBTQ plus people as well in the city? I think so, yeah. I mean, we're quite lucky in Hull. We do have quite a lot of different support groups, especially for younger LGBT people. There is services, you know, that are outside of Pride in Hull that do a lot of work for the community. I don't think we're perfect. I think there's always going to be issues in any city or any location. But I think we've got a real a real good sense of 
supporting each other, actually. And I think being one of the biggest UK prides as well, we've got that kind of message that we don't accept hate. We're there to challenge it. We're there to give people that support and that love and that celebration of who they are, whatever that looks like. It sounds absolutely lovely. It sounds really, really nice. And and to be fair, I look forward to joining virtually at the end of July, but then I'm really looking forward to going and have my first visit to Hull and learn a little bit more about the city. Because again, to be honest, I think as a foreigner living in the UK, uh, it's probably not the first place that you hear about. But from what you're saying and from what Ben uh, has told me as well, it sounds like such an amazing place. And I so much look forward to being inducted into Hall and its culture, its LGBTQ spaces. And uh, I hear as well, it's almost its own language. You're definitely going to need a little vocabulary lesson if, if you're coming to Hull. But we'd love to have you. You know, We want, want people to come visit, see what we're about. And, and just have a good time. But we do have a bit of a language of our own. We've got a very strong accent. It is quite unusual, I'd say. Like, there's a lot of words that people from Hull will know. So you might need a little bit of education on that. So what kind of words will Benhan need to know before he comes to Hull for the first time? I'll tell you what, I'll say a couple of words and let's see if you can translate. So okay. how about chowing? Chowing. Chowing. Oh, chowing. Is, is that something like, I'm agreed, I, I kind of find it similar to like, how are you doing or something like that? <laughs> Not quite. So if you said, don't be chowing at my bane, making him row, that would mean don't shout at my child and make him cry. So chowing's kind of like being aggressive, like argumentative. Okay, we definitely don't want chowing then. No. Definitely not chowing. How about 10 foot? 10 foot? 10 foot. It, it kind of sounds like a Subway sandwich or something. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 foot is like a little alley that are down the back streets of a house, like a little um, alleyway or like a little ginnel, we call it some places, but we call it a 10 foot. Okay, 10 foot. Um, is, is these um, sort of exclusive to Hall or is there any other areas where this word is also used? I think there might be other places, but a lot of my friends that aren't from Hall, if I say to them, Oh, it's really mafting today. They'll say, "What are you talking about? What does that mean?" So I think it is—it's very Hull-centric. But then obviously people from Hull might go off and live elsewhere, and it, it might kind of spread that way. But yeah, it's quite unique. Okay, and um, mafting is it? Mafting means hot. So this lovely summer weather we've been having the last couple of days—it's been absolutely mafting. It's been really, really mafting then. Then absolutely. And I think another thing, and we talk about this a lot, is what you call a bread roll in Hull? Because, I mean, that is a word that is very different in all different parts of the UK. But what do you call it in Hull? I must say, and I'm convinced that I'm right on this, I call it a bread cake. Thank you. That's what I call it as well. A bread cake. Yeah, it's like a, a cake of bread, a bread cake, a little roll. To be fair, the thing is, it makes sense. The other words that I've heard, like your bab, batch, it's like, for example, around here in Coventry, it's called a batch. And you think, well, it, it's not a batch, is it? Why would you call it a batch? They call it batch in Coventry. It's something to do with the car factories and it coming in packs of six or something. I, I, I'm not really sure. See, but it kind of doesn't make sense. But a bread cake is descriptive. It describes what it is. Exactly. And that's why it's a bread cake. And that makes complete sense. <laughs> it's probably something that before you explained it, it didn't. But now that you've explained it, it makes absolutely 
perfect sense. And to be fair, I think I'm, I need to start calling it a, a, a bread cake because I think, again, I like descriptive things. So it does sound like the correct way to describe it. And I think the other great thing about Hull is the accent is so different from, obviously, Hull is in East Yorkshire, but it's so different from the accents that you hear in North, East and, and South Yorkshire. I think with the Hull accent, you can you can hear it anywhere in the world. If you're walking through any city across the world, you'll hear a Hull accent in person or on TV and you'll instantly know it's a Hull accent. I think we do kind of a weird thing with our ears. We'll say like, no, winder, uh. It's just a really weird thing that we just seem to do in Hull. Well, my cousins emigrated to Australia. Oh, it must be about 10, 15 years ago. And I went out to see them just before we met, actually. And they haven't lost their Hull accent. And their other friends who have emigrated and, and come from all different parts of the world, you know, they've kind of got the Australian twang, but they've still got their Hull accent. And it's beautiful to listen to. You know, they're there on the on the outskirts of Melbourne and they're still rocking the Hull accent. It's brilliant. And I just realised as well that that's exactly how your mum sounds. Yeah. Well, my mum's from Hull. Yeah, but I didn't know that that was... I, I just always associated with how your mum sounds. I, I, I hadn't done the association that that's actually the whole accent. Yeah. So she'll say lorry instead of lorry, book instead of book. Yeah, but the way uh, the way that you, Heidi Victoria, said, nah, <laughs> exactly how your mum says it. It is a real, it is a real whole specific thing, I think. But it's quite nice. I like it. It's quite comforting and it's... It's something that wherever I go in the world, it's going to remind me of Hull and home and where I come from. So I always love hearing a Hull accent out of Hull in Hull. I think it's great. And also, it has to be said, it's very comprehensible. Whereas me as a foreigner, I've been in places in the UK when people literally talk to me and I'm just looking like a deer in front of headlights. Is what the hell are you saying? I don't understand a word. However, both from Ben's mum and from yourself, Harry Victoria, I, I understand the Perfectly. So it's just a, a different twang, but it's very comprehensible, which is really important when it comes to accents. And I mean, that's good to hear, considering we're recording a podcast. So I'm glad you can understand me and you can understand <laughs> what I'm saying to you. Oh, it's beautiful. I could listen to you speak all day. I think the whole accent I, I, it reminds me of my childhood, of things that I love of things that I've done. It, it's just, maybe I will just record your voice after this and just play it every day. I'll, I'll send you me reading some bedtime stories or something so you can listen to it at your, at your leisure. Oh, please do. Yeah, that would be really good. I, I quite fancy starting the Harry Potter books from the beginning. So if you could, you know, maybe get on with The Sorcerer's Stone or what is it? What's the first one called? Is it The Sorcerer's Stone? And The Philosopher's Stone. The Philosopher's Stone. You see, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so behind with the times. I don't even know what the books are called. <laughs> what are your favourite things about Hull? I mean, obviously, I'm going to say Pride in Hull because that's something I'm really proud of and I really love. But I think my favourite thing about Hull overall is definitely the people. I really think people are great in Hull. I think they're just so friendly. It's the only place in the world where you'll go out on your own and you'll end up talking to 100 people because you'll chat to someone in the shop, you'll chat to someone on the bus. We're just really friendly and approachable. And I think you really notice that difference when you go somewhere else in the country and, and you chat to someone and they, they kind of look at you a bit fearful, like, why are you talking to me on the street? I think that's just something we do, and I love that about Hull. And I think that for me being a foreigner, but I suppose as well that for a lot of people, particularly young people, part of the LGBTQ uh, collective, I think it's really important to have that friendliness, that uh, approachable character of people. So I think that is really, really nice. Yeah. It's a really nice feature to have, isn't it? I totally agree. And I think 
like any city, everywhere's got its issues. There's good and bad in any place in the world. But I just think people here are great. And everything you need, there's always a good citizen or a good Samaritan hanging around somewhere that, that's willing to help out and have a conversation and check you're all right. And I think that's that's something you can't teach. And that's something that I really value about my hometown and coming from Hull, just people's empathy and love and kind of sense of humour, I think is great. And if we talk about, you know, stuff to do in Hull as well, it really punches above its weight as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we have got quite a lot to do for a, a relatively sized city. We've got a lot of museums, we've got the deep, we've got some really good art galleries. There's usually something really exciting going on in Hull or, or very much nearby. So, uh, yeah, I think we've got a, an interesting music scene. We've got some really cool art stuff going on. I think You've got Banksy now, haven't you? We have. We've got our very own Banksy that's on a bridge. And also, as well, in the Maritime Museum, there's an actual mermaid, isn't there? Uh, I've not seen the mermaid, but I know that we've got a mummy at one of the little museums. We've, we've got some really cool stuff. We've got kind of all the Wilberforce stuff. We've got the Transport Museum. We've got Maritime Museums. We've got just a lot, a lot more than you expect for somewhere quite small and that people might not have visited before. And I think with City of Culture, we've, we've really tried to keep a legacy from the work that was done there and, and do quite a lot of art stuff and do some really interesting performance pieces and just get people involved and have a bit of a presence. The mermaid, I remember it from being a child. You know that mermaids are not real, right? Well, because basically I've got, um, in my family, we've got a lot of um, maritime history. And in fact, my great-great-grandfather was a captain of a ship. He was from Hull. He was a captain of a ship. But tragically, he drowned because he couldn't swim when he went overboard and he couldn't swim but there is an exhibition about one of his ships in the maritime museum in Hull but they also have a mermaid in there and for hundreds of years people believed that it was a mermaid this mummified head of a female and a tail end of a fish but they did some scams on it in the 1930s and it turns out that it's actually the body of a fish but it's the head of a monkey and it's all held together with a system of wires but if you go into the museum it says mermaid and then in brackets probably fake <laughs> close brackets i love the probably <laughs> howdy victoria and as part of the lgbtq collective as well so are there lgbtq spaces um where people can go and visit as well there is yeah i mean we've got some really cool venues that are kind of really accommodating really accepting we've got some lgbt venues that kind of stand alone for a safe place we've got quite a lot of community hubs and different youth services and and places that are just somewhere safe where people can be we do tend to in our kind of pride guide we do a bit of a list of here's places where you know you can be safe here's places you know you can get some help if you need it and we do quite a lot of that work as well so we might work with different organizations or work with a local cafe and just kind of work with them and offer them support if they need to signpost anyone might give them a bit of training and, and just I think it's really important to have those safe spaces and those venues where you know you can go get a cup of tea go out for a drink meet your friends your partner and, and you're going to be okay and you're going to be supported and feel comfortable and safe and it has to be said that Pride in Hull is a charity you're all volunteers it just baffles me how you find time to do all this amazing work and you know, have a job and, you know, do the weekly shop and all those kind of things as well. How how do, how do you fit it all in? I mean, it is hard. You're right. We're all volunteers. Everyone at Pride in Hull works completely for free. We don't get a salary. We don't get paid. We do it because we love it and because it's so important for our community. And it's just something we enjoy doing and, and it makes us really proud. 
it is difficult. You know, we all have day jobs. We all work really hard in other sectors. And then on an evening, on a weekend, we'll work for Pride in Hull. But we do it and we manage it because it's something we think is really important for our community. We're always looking for helpers. You know, we have a really great team of volunteers that help on the day or help out through the year. I mean, it's just about getting involved and offering as much as you can. If that's an hour a month or if that's 30 hours a week, that's great. It's whatever people can do. We don't want to pressure people. But, yeah, it's hard work, but it's something that we're, we find really rewarding and we, we like doing. And I think as well that it, it, it gives its, its fruits as well because the fact that you do Pride as a, as a free event personally i value so much because i feel like pride should be a safe space from for everyone and when you go to pride um, and elsewhere and you're kind of being you price out people who really really need pride then there's something that sort of not living up to the my expectation of what pride should be so the fact that you do such great work to make it a free event to provide everyone that safe space, I think it's amazing work. It's really, really amazing. Thank you. That's, that's really nice to hear because it's really important for us as well, you know, because I think you're completely right. I think a lot of prides are getting really expensive now and that's fine if that's the experience you want. But for a younger person that's just come out or isn't even out yet or someone that's not in a position to pay that amount of money, pride's there for everyone. It's there if you've got 20 pence in your back pocket or you're, you're a millionaire. It's just there and it's that space for anyone. So we really want it to be free and we want it to be for anyone. And, you know, that, I think that's what it's got to be. I think we've got a responsibility to have something free for everyone to be able to access. If people want to get in touch with you guys and find out a little bit more, where, where can we find you online? So you can go to our website, which is prideinhull.co.uk. And that's got kind of emails, there's a contact form on there. You can access us on social media. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'll always love to receive DMs from people with feedback or thoughts or ideas. Um, yeah, just at Pride in Hull and you'll find us on any social media platform. And just once again, reminders of the event that you've got coming up in July. So we've got a really exciting event called Pride in Hull Unmuted. It's going to be the 31st of July. It's online, it's totally free, it's accessible. So yeah, that we've got some really cool stuff going on. I can tell you we've got some really quite impressive people from TikTok joining us. We've got some amazing artists that are, are really well-known and incredibly talented. And it's just going to be a really nice way to show off our city and just have a nice time. Even though we can't be together, we can still celebrate and keep ourselves safe and, and show that we've got a lot of pride. Is it hoped that next year it will be a physical in-person event? Yeah, that's what we're hoping. Obviously, this year would have been our 21st anniversary year, which we were really excited about. Unfortunately, because of COVID, we just couldn't guarantee we were keeping people safe, you know, not knowing what was going on. So next year, we're really, really hoping, praying, fingers and toes crossed, we're going to be back in person with a massive, massive event to celebrate our 21st plus one anniversary. Well, I can't wait to see what 60 plus thousand people in Hull looks like. That must be one heck of a party. And I really hope we can be there this time next year. Well, I think you should definitely try and be there next year and this year. And I'm sure we can sell out some tickets and, and get you in and get you a party on the way. Absolutely. With cheap spice. Always with cheap spice. Always with cheap spice. Heidi Victoria, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really enlightening. It's been absolutely amazing to hear about the great work that you guys do there in Priding Hall. Personally, I so much admire 
the work that you guys do uh, that is amazing. So thank you very much for joining us and for sharing with us the amazing work that you do. Thank you for having me. It's been great talking to you and I'm really excited to see more of Bareback Podcast and it's just great to connect with you both. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, our pleasure. We'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Now, that was amazing, wasn't it? Riding Hull sounds so much fun. I've learned uh, the words that I need to know, that I definitely need to know. And so that was absolutely brilliant. And it just brought back so many lovely memories of my childhood. Like I know I keep saying that, but seeing the Humber Bridge for the first time. So the Humber Bridge... I think it opened in like 1981 and it was... Oh, why, why are you saying, oh, I think, I think like you haven't Googled it and haven't the day written <laughs> down there. But it was the longest single span suspension bridge in the world for a number of years. I think it's still the longest in the Western Hemisphere. It's certainly the longest bridge that you can walk or cycle over. Can you walk over it? Yeah, yeah, we can walk over it. It's, it's stunning. I mean, it's a stunning piece of architecture. Um, and for us as kids, like going on the Humber Bridge, it was like we were going into a going on holiday we were going abroad i mean how long does it take you to cross it well it's nearly a mile long so it's quite a long bridge you know i mentioned about the maritime museum obviously we've got family connection there's so many great things about hull they have england's smallest window what do you mean well it is what it is it's england's smallest window and it's on the george hotel which is on a street called the land of green ginger i mean what a great street name is that okay so the smallest window in the world, does it open? In England. In England. Does it, okay, does it open? Oh, I can't remember, but it's small. It's small. And what's the name of the street again? The Land of Green Ginger. The Land of Green Ginger. It sounds poetic, doesn't it? So the other thing about Hull, it's a city without a cathedral. I thought cities in the UK needed to have a cathedral to be a city. Not if the ruling monarch says otherwise. And that's why Hull is officially known as Kingston upon Hull. Okay, so who made it a city? Was it one of the monarchs? A king? It was the king, yeah. Which one? Oh, I don't know. Oh, so you googled a lot of things, but not <laughs> that one. It was a long time ago. I think it was about 800 years ago, because I remember there was a, a celebration a few years ago. The telephone booths in Hull are not red, like the rest of the country. They are cream. Okay, but were they painted recently? No. Or were they never red? They were never red. They've always been cream. No one's quite sure why they were cream, but um, Hull is not part of the telephone network that the rest of the country is. So the rest of the country was British Telecom, and now it's obviously all privatised. But in Hull, they just kept it within the council. They also have a train station where a train never left. Oh, I think you told me about that one. It's because the train station is like on the other side of the river or something, isn't it? Yeah, so obviously you've got the River Hull, which flows into the River Humber, which mm -hmm. obviously flows out into the North Sea. Obviously. And you used to be able to catch a ferry across the Humber. So from Victoria Pier in Hull, which was the train station, you would buy your ticket at Victoria Pier, but the ferry was operated by the railway company and it would take you to the other side of the River Humber to New Holland Pier and then you would get on the train at New Holland. Okay, so it was like a train station, but a ferry went there instead. Yeah, but there was a train station on the other side oh. of the of the river, but that closed in 1981 when the Humber Bridge opened. So yeah, I mean, Hull is just full of amazing, amazing things. 
And we've learned that we can put chip spice in so many more things than we used to before. I know. Well, I genuinely thought that you, it was like a bit of a cultural sin to put chip spice on your fish. And literally, Heidi Victoria, a lady who is born and bred in Hull, is telling me that that's okay. Revelation. And I can't wait to try a patty. Is there anywhere in the Midlands that we can have a patty before we go to Hull? No. Like, have like a preview. And even if there was, you're not going to get the real thing unless you're in the city itself. Okay, so we need to go to Hall because I I want to see Hall. I want to go to the museums. I want to go to Brian in Hall, and I want to try a, a, a patty. Well, try one patty, you'll be trying plenty. Well, we can go for a few days and have like patties for lunch and dinner. But it used to confuse me because some um, fish and chip shops in Hull called the patty a fish patty, but there's no fish in it. Okay, yeah, no, it's potato. Yeah, I suppose it's like when you go to McDonald's and you order a hamburger. Yeah, but that has to do with not being ham. That has to do with being from Hamburg in Germany, isn't it? Is it? I think so. Oh. I think it's not related to having ham. I think it's related to the city of Hamburg. Every day's a school day living with you, Bob. I know. Well, our time today with you guys is almost up. But if you do want to get in touch, you can tweet us at barebackpod. You can look us up on Instagram at barebackpodcast. We're on Facebook, just search us, you know, bareback. Or you can send us an email at barebackpodcast at gmail.com. And subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends, because sharing is what? Caring. Absolutely. But one thing that I won't be sharing with you, and that is my fish patty. With chip spice. (laughs) With chip spice. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.